So, and that's about the time where I came across uh, RPR and be activated is after that first shoulder surgery. And it actually allowed me uh, to push about two years before I got another shoulder surgery. All right, I was able to, I was able to work through, uh, keep my body in a better position uh, to still compete uh, before I had that second shoulder surgery. So I went, it, it was a year and a half exactly from when I injured my shoulder to where I actually ended up having a surgery. So the methods, like I tell everyone, if you don't need surgery, uh, we can probably get some progress with our methods. Welcome to the Against the Herd podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Coach Mark Rogers. Uh, Coach Rogers has a degree in kinesiology, was a power lifter for many years, and runs a practice where he practices the Be Activated uh, practice founded by Doug Heal, which focuses on trigger points without, throughout the body and releasing tension and ensuring that people are able to have the highest levels of athletic performance possible, whether they are an athlete or a layperson. So tons of good information in here about uh, keeping your body in check and how to know when you're uh, you know, locked up in certain areas of your body. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to Against the Herd, where we explore unconventional approaches for unconventional results, and it's by interviewing unconventional people. And today's guest is uh, none other than Mr. Mark Rogers. Coach Rogers, how the hell are we? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. No, I mean, you've been, as I've said before, you are certainly the, you are the shaman, and you've, you're, you're doing something that is, I don't know if this is going to do it justice. It's like a mix of massage, chiropractic work, as well as just a foam rolling effect. <laughs> and all of that just comes into one to where I walk out and I have to see you and visit you every single month. So let's jump into exactly what that is. And it's called Be Activated. Tell us, what is Be Activated? So a little bit of backstory real quick. Uh, Be Activated was created by a surfer in Cape, T Cape Town, uh, South Africa. His name's Douglas Hill. Uh, <clears throat> so I like to say if there was a shaman in this thing, then Douglas would probably be the guy that, that we'd refer to. Uh, amazing talent. Uh, he was a physio. Uh, he, he likes to call himself a surfer. That's a, that's a physio over there in South Africa. Uh, amazing mind. Uh, very good intuition. Uh, and obviously he brought, you know, he created something that, that's helping people get out of pain uh, and move move better. <clears throat> uh, with with be activated, uh, he reached out to a group in in America, and they created a, a system called uh, RPR, which is Reflexive Performance Reset. Uh, and those guys have, have helped spread the word that way, and that's how I initially got involved. Uh, be activated, basically, it's a tool for stress management. There's a tool for stress management, uh, getting our body in, in a relaxed state, uh, so we or what we'd like to prefer as um, the performance state, All right? So get our body out of the stress state so we can perform, perform at higher levels, levels uh, and move with better patterns. Okay. And so that's a, that, that's a, thank you for that because that's an excellent way of putting it. And that term 
use that numerous times with me as well. And so the one thing I could say about you and our visits is you have a mind for the body. It's, it's almost, it, it's, it's like you just, not only, I, I think that this protocol allows you to see, and I, I think be activated allows you to understand what needs to be reset. But I think you just naturally have a gift for understanding the body in general. Where did that come from? How did you get here today? I mean, so I graduated in 2003 with a degree in kinesiology, um, was in coaching, exercise performance, and right around 2010, uh, started my own personal training facility. Uh, And at that same time, being a former collegiate athlete, uh, I needed to find something I could continue to compete in, and I chose powerlifting. So probably one of the most strenuous, strenuous sports that there is. Uh, and throughout that, throughout trying to be a really good power lifter, um, obviously we push our bodies to the extreme limits, right? And, and we have to find better ways to recover and take care of ourselves. And, and I was always searching for something, always searching to make sure, you know, minimize, minimize the injuries. How can I put more pounds on the bar? Uh, and ironically, I've had really good mentors throughout the years. Uh, one of those guys was Donnie Thompson. He he does um, he created the the body tempering uh, <clears throat> craze that we have going on, which is which is another tool in the toolbox that we use. And you know, like I said, the Activate is a really cool uh, system and series, and that's one of the things that I base or the foundation of what I base my practice on. Uh, but I like to go to the toolbox and make sure I can pull out anything to fit the needs of each client because. Every client doesn't fit one system. Everybody has their own specific needs, uh, which is like you said, you've had, you know, the foam rolling effects. Uh, we've had, you know, some, some like trigger point type stuff happening. And so started back in like 2013, 14, looking up Donnie Thompson and, and his protocols on body tempering, getting the best out of the muscles. Uh, had a shoulder surgery in 2014. Uh, wasn't too happy about, but, you know, what do we do when we, when we recover? Right, we get back on the platform, or if we're a competitor in whatever sport it is, we want to make sure we try to get back to that level as long as we can, uh, because that's what competitors do. We want to compete in something, uh, and so, and that's about the time where I came across uh, RPR and be activated is after that first shoulder surgery, and it actually allowed me uh, to push about two years before I got another shoulder surgery. All right, I was able to I was able to work through. Uh, keep my body in a better position uh, to still compete uh, before I had that second shoulder surgery. So I went, it, it was a year and a half exactly from when I injured my shoulder to where I actually ended up having a surgery. So the methods, like I tell everyone, if you don't need surgery, uh, we can probably get some progress with our methods. Yeah. Fantastic. And you had mentioned before that uh, be activated is a great way to you know, release your body from a state of stress. What, what did you mean by, could you go a bit further into that? Like stress in terms of, you know, mental stress, I'm really busy with my daily life and I'm just tense from that. Is that more muscular stress? These muscles are under stress and need to be relaxed. What did you mean by that? So our body really doesn't differentiate, differentiate between physical and emotional, other types of stress, right? It just says I'm under stress. So sometimes you have negative thoughts body starts to feel those emotions and, and things start to tighten up or shut down. Uh, it usually starts with your breath and the diaphragm. Uh, it could be physical stress. It could be trauma from an injury. 
It could be just high stress from overworking uh, or pushing yourself, overreaching in the gym maybe. Uh, it could be a, an accident you had in your car where nothing physically happened, but you were sh shaken up pretty good. Um, the goal is to, to be able to help the individual find out what is causing uh, where they're locked up at and get them out of that out of that position. Hope Got I it. And is that something that people can do themselves or would, would most see a practitioner in order to have these techniques? Yeah, so that's a, that's a really cool thing about uh, Be Activated and RPR. Uh, RPR specifically was kind of designed for people to actually do the stuff on themselves. Uh, just like everyone comes into, our, into a session with me, I want to give them tools to help them navigate through their own body and find ways of, you know, maybe help release the diaphragm or um, activate the psoas or activate the glutes to make sure that they can do the basic things to help their body function. It all starts with the breath. It all starts with the breath. And, and by people being able to, to learn how to control their breath and find good deep, deep belly breaths uh, allows them to contract and retract the diaphragm the way that's supposed to be, uh, which takes the stress off your internal organs as well. That's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I wanted to really dig into. The one thing that you've stressed to me, especially under my intent, my amount of stress is belly breathing, belly breathing. And when you can tell, I, I don't know how we can do a visual of what this is, but it, it feels like when you know that I'm tense, I, you are basically just dragging your fingers. You know that just by dragging it across the across the ribs. Um, you know, with with belly breathing, how are you know how are you coaching? How are you coaching your clients of the importance of that and implementing that? And what's like a good protocol for them to just like get back to that because we often forget about it. Yeah. So usually that. The homework that I give after an intro session with a client uh, is, is super simple. When you first wake up in the morning, put your hand on your belly, take 10 deep belly breaths. All right. At night before you go to bed, take 10 deep belly breaths. Okay. And anytime during the day where you feel like you want to cuss someone out, take a few deep belly breaths. Right. Because what happens is the diaphragm locks up. And you got most people has had some case of anxiety where you feel your breath really shortening. What happens is the diaphragm locks up right there and it doesn't allow the lungs to fully expand. So the, so the oxygen and the energy is bouncing from the diaphragm to the throat. All right, that's where you get the little palpations in the chest. Um, the one thing that we can control as a human being is our own breathing. That's the, that's the one thing that we have control of. So we can get ourselves out of those situations. Sometimes we just don't elect to do that. All right, or sometimes we don't have the education to do that. And that's one of the things I like to, to bring to my clients is make sure, hey, if all else fails, find your belly, right? It sounds silly, but find your belly. Take, take a few deep breaths and see what happens. Mm, I love that. And, and I, I feel like the breath is number one. I agree with that. But then two, I feel like what's always missing is the psoas and people neglect that and they don't even realize that that's going there. Can you stress the importance of the psoas and stress to people how important it is to focus on that? So fun fact, one of the only muscles, if not the only muscle to connect the lower part of the body to the upper part of the body, right? So it connects down at the femur, the femoral head, 
and it goes all the way up into um, right behind your diaphragm in the diaphragm area. That's why the psoas is so important because when the diaphragm locks up, it pulls on the psoas, the psoas tightens up, and now our hip flexion isn't working. So our body's ability to breathe and move, are that's the most vital, right? We have to be able to breathe, we have to be able to move. And when, those, when the psoas gets locked up, it pulls on the diaphragm, it makes our breathing more shallow, then it also changes our movement patterns. Right? And if our psoas isn't doing its job, then something else is gonna do its job forward because our body doesn't just sit there when you're trying to take steps forward, just you're standing up and you're trying to go to the kitchen and your psoas isn't working like it's supposed to, your brain just doesn't say, okay, we're not going, right? We're pretty, we're pretty magnificent human beings and, you know, we're designed pretty awesome and our brain finds a way to make that work, right? Which is where the compensation patterns come in. And those compensation patterns, uh, can be light for some people, it can be strong for others, and when they get really strong, that's where people usually experience pain, uh, and then obviously potential injury. So compensation patterns, what do you think with your clients, and I don't know what percentage are desk workers, what are you typically seeing out of out of those particular industries? I mean, so what typically what I see is uh, so as is inability to stay active, right? And I like to refer to the body as, a, as a, kind of like a breaker box, right? The brain and the breaker box. Uh, just because the lights and the ceiling aren't turning on when you flip the switch doesn't mean the lights are bad, right? But sometimes that trigger flips the breaker box to where the lights turn off. Same thing with your so as sitting, sitting long periods of time uh, and then under use or under training those, right? We do a lot of training with, you know, let's do some leg presses and leg extensions and make our quads look really cool in the mirror. But how many people are doing stuff for their hip flexors? So not only not only do they do you sit a lot, which puts them in a short position uh, to where they don't want to jump up and start working when you stand up out of your chair immediately. Uh, but they're also underutilized. So they're undertrained. So when you do expect them to take on a load uh, and you're training at a high level, they're, they're not going to be available as long as you like them. So the, the thing I see is uh, low back pain uh, specifically, and then people's inability to engage their lats. Right? And that inability used to come from shoulders, chest, living in front of us with our with our smartphones all day long. Right? Everything we do is in front of us. We're hunched over. Uh, we don't work our own posture enough. And what happens is the more we're forward, the less activation of the lats, which causes usually shoulder problems. Interesting. Or, and can or, you comment shoulder issues? No problem. Of, of course. And again, as people who I move around a decent bit, but as people who are both, you know, more or less uh, desk workers, as a lot of folks out there are, is there anything posture wise you would recommend as somebody goes throughout their work day? Uh, I like using a standing desk. I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on, you know, positions people can sit in or, or standing desks versus not that, you know, there's a million gimmicks out there. Just curious if you have experience or would recommend any. So there, there is one one item that I really like, and it's Donnie Thompson's bow tie. Uh, I think he has it on uh, .com. Uh Might be on his website as well, but it's called a bow tie. It's a, it's a thing that goes around the shoulders. It's It was designed for lifters. It's designed for lifters, poor posture, to help reinforce those positions. Uh, I like that pro product a lot. 
the only thing I say is like moderation and everything, you know, standing desks sound really cool, but if you stand just as much as you sit, eventually something else is going to get tired. You know, I, I have a lot of people say, well, I stand all day on my feet and their back hurts. Right. So what happens in those situations? Well, the glutes get tired. The glutes get sleepy. Now the low back is taking over doing that extension. Right. But, but it has to do with the stress of what you're doing. If you're, you can be standing, sitting, doesn't matter. If you have a super stressful job, the stress is going to resonate within your body and that's going to take over anyway. If that makes sense, that's going to, that's going to lock you up itself. If you, if you have a great job that you love and you enjoy everything throughout the day, and a lot of times it's just your attitude and your approach in life. If you're, if you're doing things in a, at a positive level, your body's not going to be shut down or stressed out. So I'd like to give, I, I don't know how we give a visual, but what are typically, you know, you see a client, I'm a first time client. I've heard about you. What are a couple of things, a couple of tests just to give you an idea or to help you guide on exactly what, what they need? So easily when we put them on the table, there's a couple of, of demonstrations or assessments that we'll do. Uh, generally, I look at how the person breathes. Can they breathe in their, do they naturally breathe in their belly or does their chest fill up? 90% of the time when someone lays on the table, I tell them take three deep breaths, the chest rises up. Right? I know they're stressed already. Uh, and then at that point, I, I go into testing uh, the psoas and then obviously the glutes. Uh, because those guys kind of work hand in hand together. Uh, those are the three main important things. Once we once we test those things, uh, everything else kind of will either fall in line or not fall in line, for lack of better words. Um, you know, and sometimes, you know, they'll fail a psoas test, but their quads are working fine. Well, of course, their quads are working fine because they've been compensating by using their quads for hip flexion instead of their psoas. The real issue is... When the psoas isn't working, and then the quads isn't working, and then nothing else is helping the psoas work, now you're getting to a point where uh, you're probably going to injure something if you're if you're performing at a high level. Coach, I, I I didn't want you to tell everybody my problems. All right, you just described exactly. <laughs> my... <laughs> no, so there there are three things that I do. There are three resets that you have that. When you can get through it, it's wonderful. It's great on the other side. All right, so I'm going to go through. Nick, you don't know about this, but talk to me about first running those big-ass knuckles down the center of the chest and the importance of that. So that's just part of the breathing circuit, right? That's, that's number one. Uh, we call it the upside-down Y. So we're trying to stimulate the tissue of the sternum uh, right before you go into the rib tissue right underneath. Um, a lot of times when people have some emotional trauma, that is extremely sensitive area because in their heart center, you're holding a lot of energy. Uh, and, you know, back in the day, I don't know if they still do it or not, but a lot of first responders, that was one of the things that they would do to get people to respond and, and wake up. Like when they got to a scene and someone's passed out, you'll start them up. All right. Now, uh, now to the next one. You made it seem so nice. Um, <laughs> now right behind the ear now this one's it's 
it's one that is just you forget that that spot's even there. But like I said, I mean, it's it's tough up front. But then afterwards, it's like this just it was like this complete weight off your chest. Explain to me exactly like what's what's going on in the purpose of that. That uh, well, so that's, actually a, that's actually a, a trigger point for the glute circuit, um, you know, the base of the head and right behind the ear there. And people ask all the time, it's like, well, how does that connect to my glutes? Well, if you think about it, your brain's sitting up here. Right. How do all the nerves get all down to my toes? Like, how do, how do we control those things? So we're, we're stimulating around um, the trigger points that are connected to uh, different areas of the body. And generally, uh, the most tender spots that people have, that means the more tender it is, that's usually a sign of dysfunction somewhere in that area. Right. So if your glutes are if your glutes are firing pretty good, but maybe not really good, it might be a little tender. But if, you, if you're completely shut down and it's not working at all, uh, you might want to jump off the table once we stick our finger or thumb in there. All right. Yes. Yes. No. Know that, know that well. Um, last one. Number three, the jaw reset. Now, that this one's, this one's dealer's choice. It's a real treat. Walk, walk us through that one. So the jaw reset, I actually experienced it the first time when I went on a trip to London and, and met with one of Douglas's associates up there. And uh, she was having a hard time getting getting me out of my patterns. You know, I was locked up, you know, long, long flight over to London. Not only was I locked up from training and the stuff that I was doing, but the flight uh, kind of threw me over the edge. And uh, that's where she introduced, uh, you know, the, the resets with inside the mouth. Um, you know, the palate reset and what, what it boils down to is my jaw is one of my compensation patterns, right? So clenching my jaw through whether it be stress, physical stress or emotional stress, that is one of my patterns. And what I was, was I was holding all that energy in there and not allowing it to get to where it needed to be. And, you know, what's really cool about this stuff is the fact that everyone is different. Everyone's body tells a different story. Uh, and I think Douglas would, be, would agree, and I, I've seen it in his literature, is like he created the system, but he's not a systems guy because he knows that everybody's different. The system's just kind of like a foundation for people to go on to, uh, to get through uh, a session. But, you know, at the end of the day, not every person needs every single thing. All right. And, and what interrupts your patterns may be different than what interrupts someone else's patterns. No, that's, that, that's right. And I believe like, for instance, just even going through some of these questions, right. For me to paint the brush on those particular, those three, right. They're, they're just, they're my three because, well, I'm, I'm, I have a very stressful job. And so I carry on a lot of that stress. And so that's what hits me. But like, for instance, you know, Bree, my wife, right. That wasn't the same. It wasn't the same case for her. So I agree with you 100% there. I guess a question for me is why, how come this isn't as mainstream as, you know, like the chiropractic work and like <laughs> getting a massage? Like I, I, because again, you know this because I come to you every single month and it's, I walk out of there and I'm, I'm exactly what you said. Like I'm reset. Why do you think that this is a mainstream? Because it works. 
you can't make a lot of money off of something that, that works. It's not a drug. It's not a pill that they can keep prescribing over and over. It's not an $80,000 surgery that they can put you on a table and try to fix something. I mean, you'd be surprised at the amount of people I've kept from going under the knife just by a simple reset. You know, and I know fellow practitioners around the country and, and especially in South Africa and London, uh, where Douglas has his biggest footprints, it's the same thing. You know, I had a client literally today, right? Definite jaw cheat, but I told her she couldn't get the, the, the full jaw reset on her first session. However, she, she says she's been in pain for a decade. You know, and I told her before she came in the room, I said, there's a good chance you're going to cry today. All right. And before halfway through the session was over, guess what? She's bawling. Why? Because she's been in pain for almost 10 years. She hasn't been able to walk without pain. And now she walked out pain free. You know, that's the type of changes that, we're, that myself and the, our fellow practitioners are making. And, you know, all we can do is just keep trying to push the education keep trying to instill the simple things in our, our young athletes who are pushing their bodies to the limit, give them the tools, the self-recess that they can do on their own. Uh, and then at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's, it's really hard to con you know, to combat somebody who has a medical degree that was in college for 12 years that wants to put you on a table and make a hundred thousand dollars, but it works. Very very true. And and how would somebody find a fellow practitioner? Obviously, if they're in the Austin area, they could find you. But where would somebody to go to to look something like that up? Yeah, so I think there's a there's a link on Douglas Hill's website, douglashill.com, that has practitioners on it. Uh, the other resources that I've seen, there's a couple of Facebook groups. Uh, RPR, Reflexive Performance Recess, they have a Facebook group uh, where people go and find practitioners as well as, I know Douglas uh, the deactivated group. They also, uh, I see a lot of messages come through there of people looking for practitioners in certain areas. Uh, most of his is London and, and South Africa based. Uh, so we're kind of, we're kind of hard to find right now. Uh, yeah. I, I know, I know there's a handful of people, uh, that's done some training in the Austin area. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how many people are like actively practicing on a regular basis. Um, you know, one thing, one thing too, I think it's important to note too, right? With your, you know, you talk about athletes and you're doing a lot of really interesting stuff, both in your coaching, um, as well as I, I think you have a pretty, pretty solid athlete. Um, I think on the Olympic side, is that right? Yeah. So Lizzie Smith, she's a Paralympian swimmer, uh, silver medalist in Tokyo. And super, she's actually getting ready for uh, Worlds in Manchester coming up here at the end of July. And, and important to note that you know she drags you everywhere, wherever she's going and wherever she's competing. You're you're typically coming a, coming along for this reason because it works, and you create peak performance. You 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 facilitate peak performance yeah. through your resets. I, I like the work facilitate a little bit better. I, I'm just there. Every, everybody else is going to respond differently. And how you respond and the success we have together is depends on you allowing me to do the things that I do and you actually uh, releasing and, and letting your body do the things that it's designed to do, which is breathe and move. Uh, she's, she's a fan, fantastic athlete. 
not just a swimmer. She's a fantastic athlete. Uh, and it's been a really fun challenge. Uh, it's very enjoyable. Uh, she has, uh, she's a, has a limb. Um, I don't like to say the word disability because we don't use the word disability, but she has, uh, she's missing half of her left arm. Right. And that itself creates new patterns that most people wouldn't be creating. Uh, and for us to be able to get the success that we have together, uh, she's really opened up and, and really, you know, bought into the system. Uh, she trains her ass off. Uh, we make sure she stays ready and, uh, you know, the results speak for itself. No, they definitely do. Um, Nick, any, anything else that, that you would add to this? This is, this has been phenomenal. This is exactly what I wanted to get out of this interview. Um, Nick. No, I, uh, I very much appreciate it. Maybe if you had any like tips for the, the audience, um, a self-release technique that you find most useful to folks. I know we've already gone over how different this is for, for everybody. And I completely understand that, but, um, you know, maybe a, a simple thing that they, they are very capable of doing themselves that they may not be you know, thinking of right now. Do we, do we have any quick tips like that? Uh, so what I like to do with my athletes is is have them have them standing and put their hands on the toward the bottom of their rib cage. Just have them take ten deep breaths into their into the bottom into their hands. Um, that allows them to make sure that their diaphragm is expanding the right way. Uh, you know, the other thing is, you know, maybe laying something on top of your belly and try to push it to the ceiling when you're taking your breaths if you're lying down and doing it. Uh, I mean, the cool thing is uh, that little spot behind your ear. <laughs> between your jaw and your ear uh, that'll help act, activate the glutes really quickly um, you can also you can also do a couple of tests um, I know one of the tests that I think it was Douglas uh, had us do on one of his courses during uh, the COVID on a couple of uh, virtual sessions you know take take like five or ten deep breaths in your chest and then, then bend over and touch your toes and see what it feels like and then reverse it and then Take five, five to ten breaths in your belly, and repeat the same thing. You feel the, you'll feel the difference in release. Right? Because when you're breathing in the chest, we're, we're, we're stressing our diaphragm, right? I love that. And then, all right, speed round. I'm trying to do this at the end of every session. All right, so right or hip hook? Which one are you going for to relieve <laughs> the so as? Oh man, so. I haven't, I have no experience with a hip hook. Uh, I have tried the so right. It, it can get in there pretty good. Uh, my personal favorite is the Theragun. Hit that, hit that right angle between the hip bone and the belly button and uh, crank that baby up and, and let it go. Let it stimulate in there. And, Interesting. And, usually, and usually your body will let you find that tender spot that really needs it. I think I know the answer to this next one, but I was going to be, all right, you know, massage gun or foam roller? Definitely massage gun. What I don't like about the foam roller is when you're on top of the foam roller, your body's natural tendency, when you come across a, ten, a sensitive spot, is to raise up, raise up off of it, right? So what if you're, if you're rolling your quad and you hit a knot on the outside part of your quad as you're using your arms, what does the rest of your body do? 
You tense up. Get the hell off it. Yeah, yeah, you you get up and you tense up. It's the opposite of what we're trying to do. And that and that's that's one of the reasons I like Donnie Thompson's work with the body tempering a lot is because the tempering allows you to relax while someone's actually mashing you out with these big ass rollers, right? Uh, and so you don't have a choice but to let things go. Whereas if you're doing things by yourself, uh, you're going to come off that knot pretty quick. And instead of getting a release, you're still you're still tight. So uh, I love that. And uh, I, I love this interview. I think it's incredibly important. I think what you're doing, it's, it's changed my life. I think it's changing all of your, your athletes um, and what you're doing in, in our little pocket of Austin, where can, you know, what are you doing on social and like, where, where can people find you? Um, (laughs) Cause I, I mean, you're, you're, you're doing the gold that you're, you're giving to us, um, you know, I, I hope that it, I hope that it somehow makes it onto social, but if nothing else, like this is definitely going to make it to social. So how can people find you? I mean, uh, Instagram is probably the most reliable. I really hate Facebook. I really hate social media, just to be honest. <laughs> I like to spend my time and energy and, and, you know, the work that I do and the people around me. So, uh, Mr. S A F A T X, uh, is my, is the Instagram handle. And, you know, like I said before, um, you know, I'm not the only person out there that's doing this this great type of work. We have, you know, our PR guys uh, and their their resources be activated around the world. Uh, and hopefully people, you know, you can you're able to track down somebody in your area uh, think that can give you these experiences. You know, I know it changed my life uh, from, you know, going from a broke down power lifter to actually feeling good uh, and perform. You know, I've been performing at a high level for, you know, even since COVID, uh, after, you know, second shoulder surgery, uh, hitting, hitting numbers in the gym that I, that I didn't hit before I had those surgeries. Uh, and it's really hasn't been that hard, you know, and, and I, you know, we're talking about surgeries that happened eight, six years ago. Uh, that's a lot of time on someone that's performing at a high level, you know, because the older you get, the harder it gets to, rec- to recover. And I think that's one of the missing things. People talk about this stuff and how it helps them perform at a high level. It also helps you recover at a higher level. Because the purpose of training is one, to enjoy it, but two, to stress the body in a way for it to adapt. Right. But once we get through stressing it, what do we need to do? We got to get out of that stress state. So this system also helps you recover from the training a little bit faster as well. I feel like I'm going to keep having some questions because more pops up. How, how often do you recommend, (laughs) how, uh, how often, so they, they're able to get a practitioner. How are you typically giving, you know, what's the dosage for, um, you know, for be activated. So a reset can last anywhere from, from 24 hours to, you know, five years, you know, I've had people, come in that had this had these chronic issues or get them fixed up and I, I never see them again. And that's, that's perfectly okay. I'm okay with that. Actually, uh, like I enjoy having clients and having people come through the doors on a regular basis. Uh, it, it has to do with your breaker boxes ability to adapt, right? How fast is that breaker switch going to pop? You know, and if you're a high performance athlete, and you're pushing your RPMs at a super high level on a regular basis, you're training once or twice a day, five to six days a week, there's a good chance that you're, that, 
you're going to blow a fuse for lack of better terms, right? Something's going to not work because athletes, our bodies are smart and stupid at the same time because we train through fatigue. We train through pain because we want to win, right? So our bodies find those compensation patterns to keep pushing. So the goal is, and what I do with most of my athletes, at least once or twice a week, I get them on the table and just do a quick check-in. You know, it doesn't have to be a full reset. Just do a quick check-in, make sure things are locking in and working like they're supposed to. Uh, and then we get the training. You know, if, if you don't have a super active lifestyle, then your breaker box isn't going to be pushed as hard. You're not going to have all those amps running to it at one time. Mm. Right, so it, it, it really depends on the individual. How hard is their, how hard is their training or how hard is their lifestyle? You know, I had a client, uh, it's a pretty good story. Um, she came in for a reset. It was like a, it was like a Saturday. She's feeling great. Uh, it was Monday or Tuesday and she texted me. She's like, I need to get in now. She's like, my body is shut down. Well, what had happened was there was an incident in her neighborhood and someone who approached her at her garage at her house basically scared the shit out of her. Right. She went in that she went into the flight mode. Right. So she shut down completely. So all her systems that tripped her breaker box. And we just did a break. We just did a reset like two days ago. Right. So it's literally what stressors come in and take over and send all those amps to the breaker box to make it blow fuse. So it, it really depends on the individual, their lifestyle and, and situations. You know, that was a weird situation, just randomly happened. But I mean, shoot, we've all been in relationships before and you had an argument, right? <laughs> that get yeah. that gets you amped, that gets you stressed out and amped up. It's gonna throw yeah. some things out of whack. Yeah. No, I mean you've made a really good distinction of, you know, it's not just you know, you, you primarily work with uh, or not work with, but, you know, you coach athletes, right? And, but it, it's, it's not just that, right? It's, it's the stresses from everyday life, right? Nick and I are both in, in sales. It's the, the stresses from, you know, it's end of quarter, you know, end of month and having that type of stress, locking our diaphragms, locking up, not being able to breathe correctly, not doing all of the, the little things right or being mindful of the little things, and I think that all just comes comes full circle. And you know, your body pays the price on that. And that's that's the thing where I get a lot I, I get a ton of value from our work together is yeah, it's a, it's also a good point of me of of recognizing how much I put my body through. Right? Because when I see you, you're able to quickly see, all right, this is a this is compensating for that. You've been, you've been stressed. You're breathing through your chest. All of these things, your glutes aren't activating. And so it's a good reminder of, all right, Bruce, you're not doing the little things. Because when the times, the times that I do come in and everything's working right, boy, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's, that's probably one of the biggest gems that I, you know, biggest accolades. I don't know what, what, whatever you call it when it's when someone comes to me and they're like, they're re they're connecting with their body on. If I can get athletes and, and even non-athletes alike to reconnect with their body on a high level, then they're going to live a less stressed life. 
you know, what they say, stress is a silent killer, right? So if we can teach ourselves to be less stressful and, and perform at a higher level in all aspects of our lives, you know, our quality of life is going to be better. And, you know, at, a lot of athletes don't connect with themselves. And especially nowadays, there, there's so, so much stimulation out there and so many distractions where they stay distracted with, you know, their smartphones and hell, the YouTubes and whatever else, they, the TikToks, whatever, whatever all these kids are doing. Like they're constantly stimulated by something externally so they can override what's going on inside. So a lot of times they'll miss those cues. Uh, so when my athletes come in and they're like, yeah, you know, this, my, my quads hurting a little bit. I think my psoas is off, you know, uh, or my ankles hurt. My, my calf is hurting. You know, I feel like I'm, I feel like my strides aren't the same. Like, Finding those, being able to recognize those things in your own body is huge because at a high level and athletes are performing at a high level, you know, there's nothing worse than being injured. Well, I mean, and you know that too, you make a, you make a really good point too, right? I can't tell you how many times where I, I felt like my, my leg, not getting numb, but just like, or I feel my lower back. And it's just like, nope, I got to finish this email. I got to finish this. It's like, a, you know, not listening to your body. Um, so I think it's a really, really important distinction. Um, Mark, I, I, I can't thank you. I can't thank you enough. I, I can't think of a better way for us to wrap this up. Uh, we know how to get you in social media or on social media. Um, I think think I'm going to spare you the, uh, the, the questions. I think I'm tapped out. I want to thank you one for taking the time, but two also yes. for, uh, being against the herd. Hey, I love it, man. Any, anything to be different, but most importantly, to make sure we make a change and an impact and with the people we're working with, uh, and save them thousands of dollars. <laughs> That's it, man. That is it. You'd be All losing right. money not to one of my favorite things. <laughs> <laughs>